Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Pillow Talk. I am your host, Veronica Ronnie Kolick, and with me, my two buddies, Leslie Martin, Leslie Martin, and Elizabeth Swoopy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi, Ron. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we're doing with that, do you? Uh, all right. So, anyways, uh, with me, I am Ron Kolick, of course, but you can call me Ronnie for tonight. And also is uh, the author of Medium Rare and the one of the mediums for the New England Ghost Project and my red light seance buddy, Elizabeth. Elizabeth? No. no. Uh, Leslie Martin. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you, can, you can replace them, evidently, and I don't even know it. Maybe it's a 40-inch slip. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm like, okay, one of my other personalities is at work, I guess. <laughs> And also with this is Anne's best friend. Uh, I am BBBF, B-cubed F, blonde bombshell best friend. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, And she is uh, Elizabeth, and I don't even know your last name. Smoochy, smoopy. That's not even it. That's That's not even it. My last name is Russell. Oh, there you go. There you go. I think I did remember it yeah. one time. Yes, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, uh, yeah, Elizabeth has <laughs> quite a cool job because she goes around. Uh, if she's still working, I have no idea now. Uh, she, work? She what is to, work? She, she used to go around uh, <laughs> to various uh, movie sets and take care of the children. Is that correct? If I get that right? That's I teach it. the children. Yeah, oh. I am a studio teacher, so... Whenever there is a, a school age, not even school age, but whenever there's a minor actor on set, that's when I go in. Oh, so you like did Dookie Howie then? How's it then? No, I go in. I'm the academic teacher. I'm the welfare worker. Um, um, you know, whatever, you know, whatever is required in, in that, you know, in regards to the minors, that's what I do. But, you know, the industry has really not doing anything right now because of COVID. Yeah. So I'm home and I'm waiting to get called back. And um, yeah, I mean, it is a bummer. Uh, I would say that I'm bored, but I'm not. I'm writing a novel. So oh, there you go. Um, yes, and it is. Uh, it is. It's a it's historical fiction on the Salem witch trials and zombies. Ooh. No, I do have a. Uh, Wait a minute, there's no zombies at the Salem Witch Trial? What the hell? No, not on purpose anyway. Okay. (laughs) But I do have a serial that I write, which is set in the zombie apocalypse, but I'm taking a break from that so that I can write this novel. Ah, okay. Have have you ever heard of the uh, Pride and Prejudice zombie thing? 
have. I haven't seen it. I've I have seen, seen it. it. I haven't read it yet, but it looks it looks different. It's kind of cool. You think about the premise. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's I mean, it's, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. That's all I can say. You've seen the movie? Yes, I have. I'm I'm afraid to say yes. Oh my gosh! I'm <laughs> afraid I have to say yes. I have seen the movie, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. If you like zombies, okay. it's got zombies in it. So there you go. I don't really like them. <laughs> no, who said that? <laughs> You're like a zombie fanatic. You have a show that's that's zombie about zombies. You still doing your your podcast on zombie? Yeah, crap. yeah. It's it's because we like the show. It's not the zombies. It's the drama, the human factor, and the whole thing. That's Uh-oh. that's why we do it. You know, Uh-oh. because we love The Walking Dead. You know that about me and Ann and. Um, you know, but it's it's not about the zombies. It's about how these people are navigating a post-apocalyptic world. Sort of like we're doing now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's why I'm writing, you know, about the sale of witch trials instead of um, an apocalypse. Because, you know, I'm just getting some firsthand experience at this point. Mm-hmm. But you have a paranormal background as well, don't you? Yes, yes. Um, I had run the Bay State Paranormal Center, nearly made it a year, and I feel like if it hadn't have been for the economic downturn of 2008, you know, maybe it would still be around, I don't know, but it would have lasted longer. You know, it was just bad luck opening at that time, bad luck. Yeah, it was a cool place, and uh, yeah. yeah, well, it is what yeah. it is. And that's yeah, how Leslie. We met, so, afraid to speak up, Leslie. You awful quiet, no, there, I'm girl. No, listening. It's, Elizabeth has a lot of really interesting things that she says. I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> listening to her. Well, I was looking forward to listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what shall we talk about then? Oh that's, my god, that's the whole deal. It's the paranormal. Pillow talk, so we can talk about anything you want. You know, like if you want to say, "Who's the most good-looking guy in the paranormal?" Well, hey, feel free. Just don't mention my name, though, because I get embarrassed easy. <laughs> oh no, Ron! Oh, I don't know, Ron. I, I don't know. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't even think of you first. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you know, uh, Leslie and I, uh, Elizabeth, I don't know you know this, but we've been doing uh, the Red Light Science every month for over six years until this uh, virus hit. And uh, uh, it, that's an intriguing thing. Have you ever been interested in seances or anything, Elizabeth? I have um, taken part in two of them, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, Leslie... You probably don't know, and I'm not sure if you remember, Ron, but um, I read tarot cards, and it was the last thing I ever wanted to learn. I wanted to learn how to read palms, and Massasoit Community College was offering two courses, at, uh, one right after the other. One was in tarot reading, the other one was in palm reading, and I just kind of signed up for them as kind mm-hmm. of like a one-two punch type thing, but yes. I was going to not take that the, the tarot course, but I went in and 10 minutes later, everything was different. 
And it took me mm-hmm. a long time to really believe what was, you know, what I was reading. I was very skeptical for a long time. And I read a lot for probably, this was 2001, probably 15 years. I read a lot. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, developed some level of psychic ability. And any time that I started to channel, I would freak out and shut down. So I've uh-huh. never quite got to the level that Leslie is at. Although I'm open to it, I, I don't know what exactly keeps stopping me from doing it. Well, Leslie, I mean, we do. It's a little bit more. What Leslie and I do is a little bit more than just a séance. It's it's a the red light séance, which is dealing more with physical mediumship. So uh-huh. everybody is involved in it at the time, don't you think, Leslie? It's 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 a little bit different than just like a regular séance. It is because at a regular séance, I would just sit there and I would babble on like a monkey in a tree, and I would tell you what was going on. Sometimes I slip into that, but you know yeah, I pull uh-huh. myself out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what you do is is you have participants taking part and being part of what you're doing because it's so important that you have everyone's energy at the table. Right. um, So we invite spirit in and we ask them to do things. We ask them to speak through the table or through a device on our table. Um, And we've had some really amazing results. And so that kind of takes me out of it, sort of. Um, Sometimes I have to, like, step aside because mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, sometimes I do take over, but it's because something's important and I have to say it, um, and I leave the yeah. table out of it. And Ron doesn't like it very much when I do that, because that's not why we're there, but it, it gives some validation to the people at the table, and, you know, they're there to experience something, and um, I, I feel it's necessary that it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> right, right. But, um, well, sometimes it nags you until you say it. You know, right. it, it's like, say it, say it, say it, say it. And you're like, fine, I'll say it. But at, at, at our red light seances, we bounce off each other, which is amazing. Like, um, yeah. I'll be saying something as one will be like, oh, and there's this. And, oh, my gosh, yes, that is there. You know, and we bounce off each other and we feed off each other's energy. And it, it, sometimes we have a really great group dynamic because everyone gets involved. And some nights, yeah, not, not much happens. Um, right. But, which is it's good, which is the, the way it, yeah, it, it's the more more validity to it because it's not always like, you know, you just pick up the phone and you have whoever you want on it. And, and, and the way we do it, we invite different spirits. So we have spirits that come in just to work with us that might not have messages or anything, but they, they come just to work with us. We have other spirits that do have messages, and uh, it, it's it's intriguing a phenomenon which has been going on for, like I said, for over six years now, and we've documented it all. And uh, it, it's it is int- very much intriguing. And in fact, we uh, it really hurt when we, we had to stop because of the virus. Although uh, next yeah. month we are attempting to uh, go back to it on a, a trial limited basis, so we'll see how that works out. But uh, the, the problem with nowadays is is there is not enough. Uh, 
research going into the paranormal. It's if people just want to go out there and, you know, run around and get ghosts or, or get messages or anything. But nobody really wants to research the the field itself and and as the early researchers did. So that's what I'm hoping yeah. to get involved in anyways, more of it. You know, and it's interesting um, because I have a science background. You know, I'm good mm-hmm. at taking notes and, you know, observations and measurements. And, you know, I love all that stuff. I love, you know, data. And because of ghost hunters and their use of equipment, that's when I realized for the first time that I didn't have to be afraid if there was equipment involved. And (laughs) that's what opened that whole world up for me was seeing them work with equipment and getting data. I, you know, at that time I loved, I still love data. So, Mm -hmm. you know, based on that, it, it changed everything. And, I think about going back to um, investigate or something like that, you know, just doing some research. But sometimes I mm-hmm. just don't know where to start. And I'm no, big on debunking. I, you know, I've been doing these uh, online seminars, uh, workshops, excuse me. Uh, Maureen has worked with me on a couple of them. I've done others by myself on, on various subjects, which which is good and bad. I like doing the physical ones myself, That, but we were stopped, had to stop because of uh, the virus, and we, we went online with it. But uh, last night we did one on um, uh, ESP, uh, yeah, beyond beyond the five senses. And afterwards, I kind of really enjoyed the workshop, and I, I spoke to uh, Steve Parsons about it as well. And we're going to start uh, doing. Uh, we're going to try a uh, a Zener experiment, which will be a long experiment over perhaps a year or maybe longer, uh, with uh, Zener cards, and we're going to document it, and we have controls put in and everything else. So this is one of the things I really. Uh, want to get involved more in is is the actual uh, psychical research rather than just being a ghost hunter and going around and looking for stuff. Uh, I think that part of our our uh, culture is being lost, and uh, we really need it because, unfortunately, because of Facebook and, and the media and, and uh, social media and everything, everybody is. Uh, going out and posting all kinds of stuff up there, but there's no controls, there's no uh, yeah. anything on it. So, yeah, because you know, I found that um, you know, if I was out collecting data, not collecting, but investigating or something, and people mm-hmm. would get excited about something, and I would be like, "Well, what about this? Could that be the reason why that is?" And you know, it was beyond. Disappointment. It was like you're a jerk. (laughs) 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 I am not going to say I saw this or experienced that when there is a reasonable explanation as to why that happened. And Mm -hmm. feelings get hurt a little bit too easily. And not not only feelings, but egos, egos as well. Oh Um, my God, get hurt. Yeah, because you know the thing is that. If you're not dealing with someone that is science-minded, that understands this is how science works, you can't, 
you know, just jump at things. You're not uh, saying, uh, well, this is, I don't know, I, I'm sorry, I'm, not, I'm trying not to bring politics in it, but just seeing a drug and thinking, oh, well, someone just happens to say it could possibly work, and then the president is like, take it, it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, it, it, you're dealing with that kind of attitude a lot of times, and you know, you need someone to be objective and not be afraid to say it was probably when the washing machine went on. And that's what's causing that little vibration, you know, right. instead of someone like having hurt feelings right. because you're not and agreeing you know, with them. You know, people like Harry Price would would study a location over a long period of time. And yeah. they're able to dock you and collect much more data than someone going in for a couple hours at night. Uh, right. It, it, you know, it, that's the other thing that's lacking in, in investigating uh, nowadays is it's just, you know, you don't have that long study period where you can look at all the variables. And in all reality, you should be in a location for over a year because you want to be there when all the different seasons come. So, yeah, you want to know, okay, what, when the heat comes on in the wintertime, what's it, what's it going to be? What's the house sound like? Uh, uh, when the humidity yeah. drops in, in the winter, is it the creaking caused by the humidity or is it just something else? So you, you can correlate that with, with uh, you know, environmental conditions and in, in, in yearly conditions as well and, and you have a much better picture of what's going on than you know two hours in a house with some absolutely you know, equipment absolutely. some type of equipment yeah. absolutely but, yeah. i mean that's exactly what you need you need to be able to document everything that's going on over a period of time um because if you're seeing the same thing or many of the same things over a period of time, it starts to look like there's some kind of pattern or that it is actually haunted. There's something there. Um, I mean, I lived in a house for, I can't, seven, eight years. And, you know, I was hearing and not so, well, I mean, I did see some weird things, but I was hearing the same thing. It would be like on a Saturday night. There was no one living above me, but on a Saturday night around 9 o'clock, it was like a bowling ball would be dropped on the ceiling. And I'm like, oh, wow. what is up? There was no one up there. And, it, and it, right. it happened many, many times. So, you know, if I wasn't living there, I wouldn't know that. Mm -hmm. But there are people that have houses that are like that, where, <laughs> you know, certain times, You'll still have this little event happen. It, it, you I know, have one of those a, houses. You do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, you you, you hear noises? noises? Yeah, we have a sliding glass. We don't have a sliding glass door in the house, and we used to. Um, my family's owned this house for 50 years, um, and we hear the sliding glass door open and close, but there isn't one. We hear people walking above our heads, door slam, lights turn on, um, so what I do, anytime there's an event like that, I mark it on the calendar. And I started having to get calendars with bigger boxes because I'd have to put the stuff in from the year before. <laughs> and then I decided, okay, I could just put the calendars and just, you know, correlate them with each other instead of putting them. Because I wanted to see if it happened on the same day or if it was the moon thing right. or if it was, like, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, that but it, there's no rhyme or reason that I can see. The, uh, you, you know, it's... It's funny you bring that up because when I was on the Harvard Pilgrim Appeals Board, I, uh, one of the uh, 
psychologist I sat with uh, bought a, had a house in Haverhill and uh, one Christmas he was sitting in the living room and all of a sudden he heard this big like uh, somebody dropped something by the door that goes to the outside it was like a heavy heavy drop and uh, he went and looked and there was nothing there or anything and uh, it happened over uh, like a three or four year period and then uh, one year he was talking to uh, his neighbor and his neighbor told told him before he had moved in there was a man that lived in the house and he was a a very portly gentleman uh and he died in the house and when they were taking the body out uh they couldn't fit him wide through the door so they tilted it but the strap gave way and he thudded and dropped on the floor at the oh. uh doorway on, and it was on christmas the time that the guy had heard it uh so it was the poor deceased man well, <laughs> He's dead. What difference does it make? Well, he <laughs> might hurt. care. Apparently, he cares. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> if, if maybe that sound was just recorded. Who knows? I don't know. But it's the interesting, <laughs> it's interesting thing time, about it. Yeah. You know, if, that may be the reason for that noise. But, you know, unless he had got that information, he would have never known. But, you know, information yeah. is so important, like history and, and is, is like hugely important. The history of a location, the, the you know, what was there, what's going on, what had happened there and stuff. And so that all com, comes into influence of uh, paranormal things. Yeah, yeah. Leslie, I have to ask, so if you're experiencing these things in your house, are you also aware of who it is or communicated? <laughs> so this is how it goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm aware of them, and they're aware of me, but they were here first. I respect them. I give them this space, and I don't intrude. Does that make sense? <laughs> It, it I don't have a personal they, relationship with the spirits in my house. I don't think that don't. I, I, it's not something I want to uh, tempt. <laughs> Leslie and I are both like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have. There's a I, woman that lives in my mother's. My mother, um, when my father passed away, she didn't want to sell her house. She didn't want to move into a nursing home. My sister was trying to get her into a condo, and she's like, "No, no, no! I want to stay here. This is my house. My home." But, Leslie, I want you to come and live with me. You can live downstairs, and I'll have the apartment upstairs. When we moved here in 1970, 69, 70, um, there was an apartment, and my father disassembled it, and he made it his office for his his, um, company. So she rebuilt the apartment, and she lived upstairs, and I lived downstairs. But there was no wall in between us. There was just a door, a little little flighty door. So... um I, I was like, okay, all right, whatever. So I want to make my mom happy. So um, one morning I heard my mom get up and walk across the floor right above my head because in the kitchen. And I thought, oh, mom's up. I'll go up and I'll have some coffee with her. So um, I come up the stairs and I open the little door and I go past my mother's bedroom and she's sleeping. She wasn't even up. And when I replayed it in my mind, I realized that what I heard was someone still struggling the floor, like they had their feet. My mother always wore slippers, so I don't know why <laughs> she was up. But um, things like that happen in this house. Um, uh, I know that it's a woman. I know what she looks like. My mother's actually seen her. Um, oh, wow. So, and when my mom described her to me, it's exactly what I, I envisioned in my head. 
Uh, there's a, yeah. also a gentleman that, that dwells around here. He doesn't show up as much. Um, he has uh, some nice cologne and uh, tobacco mm-hmm. smells. Uh, have, That's the um, thing. I love it. <laughs> like, I've been lucky with smells. Like, they haven't been, I mean, I haven't experienced anything down here in the south, but um, in the house that I lived in, you know, there'd be roses every so often. Like, I really enjoyed the smell. Hmm. And now that my mom has passed, that's how she says that she's in the house. My husband will be like, I smell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I smell it too, Maria. I smell it too. <laughs> that's so nice, though. That's so nice to have that, um, you know, that, that, I don't know if it's a visitation or, or what it is, but it but, it is nice that the she's thing. still there. Here's the thing. <laughs> She's oh, no, there's a thing. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, and, uh, it runs the same way. If, if I'm getting, like, something from one of my loved ones, I don't want to know about it. It's, it's like exactly. this, this, I don't know, invisible line that I don't want to cross, and I don't know why. Because oh. <laughs> people are always coming to me because they want to hear from their loved ones, and I think it's wonderful. Right. Maybe it's just that I'm not ready yet. But one night my mom it was standing be. outside my bedroom door after she was passed, and it was like it was like ninety days to the day that she had passed away, and I I knew she was standing there, and I knew that she wanted my attention, but I pretended she wasn't there. <laughs> I was so guilty oh, about no. that. It's, I should have just acknowledged her, but I didn't. But yeah, what are you gonna do? That's <laughs> like my old girlfriend coming uh, well, through on the séance, right, Liz? What's that again? It's like my old girlfriend coming through on the the séance, the red light séance. <laughs> Yeah, if Ron is having a Go away, don't bother me. Through. Yeah, he's like, hey, that's whatever, whatever. Um, and if, if uh, Ron's relatives come, he doesn't want to have anything to do with them either. So he knows where I'm really? coming from. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, uh, we like have to take a break now, so we're going to have to take yeah. a break. You're listening to the Pillow Talk edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I have no paranormal pillow talking. All right, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, with uh, Elizabeth Russell, and I got your name right, which is good, and Leslie Martin yeah. and my source, Ron Kulik, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover. We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event? book or something else you want people to know about then why not advertise it on ghost chronicles radio with over 150,000 downloads a month get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject we have a plan at a cost that fits your needs for more information contact ron kolick at any ghost project at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678 hello Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. 
although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. As the music from Van Helsing fades out, I am New England's Van Helsing, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, the Paranormal Pillow Talk Edition, with myself and Leslie Martin and Elizabeth Russell. Ladies. <laughs> and gentlemen. Ron. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm introducing you. I don't know. I've been called a lot of things, but never a gentleman. <laughs> you are such a gentleman. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're talking all kinds of things today and which is good because that's what life is. Life is all different things and um that's what we're talking about. So anyways, uh back to we were talking about relatives. Leslie and I mentioned that we don't like uh, when our relatives try to come through <laughs> for some reason or not, uh, which is, I, I don't understand. I, they don't I belong in that box, right, me. Leslie? I, I'm sorry, Ron, I didn't hear you. They don't belong in that box. No, no, it's the wrong box. I totally yes. live my life in boxes, and they are not allowed in this box. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Elizabeth, have you, yes. what's probably the, the most profound paranormal experience you had? Something that really, uh, if you had to pick one, what was it this, that really made a mark on you? You know, there isn't just one. There's probably two. That's okay. Um, we'll take two. Yep. All right. The first one happened... Uh, when I, the last house that I lived in Taunton, which was about 15 houses down from the really haunted house I lived in. <laughs> um, one night I came home, went to bed, and I had a cat at two in the morning. Yeah, it was two in the morning. I remember looking at my watch. All of a sudden there's a big jump on my bed. And I opened my eyes. There's my cat standing on the bed. And his, you know how cats' back will arch when oh, they're yes. afraid of something? Oh, well, yes. his, his back was arched, and next to him was a black dog. And oh. the dog, yeah, the dog was fluffy. The body was fluffy and, like, curly-ish. And um, it was probably a good medium-sized dog. It wasn't a large dog. And um, the face was more like a collie face where the, the hair was fat and had a long, like, nose, you know. Um, and I just, I, I think that's the, it's the only thing I can think of that I've ever actually 
seeing like a spirit or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. looking at the dog, and I remember I, I put on my puppy voice, and I said, well, who are you? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm lying there, and I'm wide awake, and I'm like looking at the dog thinking, what is this? And there had been some stuff going on in the hallway, but otherwise I had felt this house to be flat energy-wise. So mm-hmm. the fact that there was, like, I had this this corner hallway and things kept falling off the wall for no reason. And um, things that hung there for a long time and then just started falling off the wall a lot and then just abruptly stopped falling. You know, not because they stopped hanging things, they just stopped falling. <laughs> so anyway, I'm looking at this dog and it was the weirdest thing. I was seeing the dog... If I turned my head one way, I could see the dog, just as a dog. If I tilted my head, it transitioned into a negative image of the dog, but in molecules. And I, honest to God, both of my little instances are weird. No one has ever said anything like it. That's pretty cool, And it was just the strangest thing, and I couldn't figure it out, and and I... That dog had to have been there at least two minutes. And all of a sudden I started to get scared, um, which is not something that I had really, it was scared like the kind of scared I used to get when I was a little kid and thought that there were vampires in the closet. It was that kind of scared, you know? And um, so I closed my eyes and I opened my eyes back up and the dog was still there. And I thought, no way he's still hanging out this long. This is too long for, you know, a spirit to be hanging around. So I did it again because I kind of wanted it to leave. I just didn't understand what was going on, you know. And so when I opened my eyes again, it had dissipated and it was going up towards the headboard and the wall. But it was all in molecular form. Wow. And that was it. Yeah. It just did, did it that dissipate, it. like uh, go through the wall? Or? I don't know. I okay. Don't know. When, you say, yeah. when you say molecular, do you mean like it particle Yeah, like as if it was atoms or like a molecule. Like yeah. it was wow. just little round things. I, you know, That's amazing. I hesitate. Yeah, it's I hesitate cool. to use the word orbs, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's well, you should. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not a fan of orbs. I just, I always think that it's something else. And and that's part of the debunker in me. Uh, you know, I'm like, nope, that's bugs. Nope, that's, that's condensation. No, it's raining out. You know, like for me, you have to rule all of those things out. You can't call it something unless, you know, there's nothing left to call it, you know? Yeah. So, so- that was a pretty cool experience. You weren't frightened at all during the entire time. Not until the end of it. Not until no. I was like, wait a minute, there is actually something here. When I started realizing that there was something there, you know, it wasn't that I was groggy waking up. I was wide awake and there was something there. And, you know, turning away and still finding that it was there. That's when I started to get a little, you know, kind of scared, like I said. Um, but 
I was thinking uh-huh. that maybe you could tell it to go home, but it might have stayed if you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know what's strange, too, is that the only other ghost I've ever seen, other, other than that, was a dog, and that was in Atlanta. I was staying at an Airbnb, and I had, you know, back when I saw the first dog, I only had a cat. So uh-huh. um, I was staying at an Airbnb, and now I have a little dog. And I wake up, and I see a little dog down the end of the bed, and I'm like, oh, Charlotte. But then I'm like, that's not Charlotte. It's a little beagle dog, <laughs> you know? And um, the lady that owns the Airbnb lived next door. So the next morning I was like, hey, was there ever a dog that lived in this house? And she says, oh, yeah, do you mean so-and-so? How do you know about that? And I was like, was it a little beagle? <laughs> and she said, mm. yes. And I'm like, that dog was on my bed last night. <laughs> wow. And it was really quick, yeah. It was just, it was really quick, and I didn't feel the same way. You know, I didn't feel any fear or anything like that. And I'm not saying that the first dog was fearsome. It just freaked me out that I was seeing it. It it, it intrigues me that you've seen animals twice, both dogs. And I'm wondering if you're just more tuned to seeing animals and not humans. You know? I don't don't know. I, I mean, I've... I used to be able to, um, because a friend of mine told me, you know, how you do this. If you think to an animal and you start getting in tune with them, they will think back to you and you can communicate. And I communicated with my cat like that. You know, we, we, I mean, it's not like we'd have long conversations, but, um, (laughs) we would communicate about certain things, you know, like come here or whatever. And I knew that when he didn't come here, he heard me. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, cats are like that anyways. I mean, my cat <laughs> always tells me when it's time that she wants food. And she also tells oh. me when it's, she wants me to go to bed because uh, she's lonely. So she'll call yeah. for me and, and it gets to be quite annoying. But it's a female cat. What can I, what can I tell you? So anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't practiced with my dog and I probably should especially you know she was sick not too long ago and it would have been great to have some insight you know into what was going on with her um Mm -hmm. you know it's just I don't know like it'd be interesting if I could maybe that maybe that's the thing that I could do that I would feel safe with that would freak me out maybe that's something you should pursue Leslie if you had said something that's been really profound in your paranormal experiences when i was younger i've told you this before my friend lived up the street and our mothers were best friends and i'd sleep over her house and she had a really stern ghost lady in her house who didn't like other people in her house she accepted the family that the family lived there but she didn't like other people being in her house. And I can say that because my sister used to babysit up there and she would get freaked out because she'd be like, 
oh, that house is freaky. So it wasn't just me, but I was I was sleeping over um, my friend's house, and um, she was in her bed, and I was in a cot, and I was, like, snug up against her bed with my cot, and um, she had a brass headboard, and she had this um, glow-in-the-dark rosary bead. She was a good Catholic girl. She had a rosary, rosary bead right in her bed. And, my type um, of girl. Yeah. And so we went to sleep. And I woke up in horror, and when I sat up, she was standing at the foot of my cot with her arms crossed oh, looking at me, and <laughs> I knew that she wanted to hurt me. So, really? as fast as like, lightning, yeah, oh, my God. You? I, I, that's how I felt. She was threatening me. Oh. So, um, I, as quick as lightning, I grabbed those glow-in-the-dark rooms, and I got in there. you go. I got a cot, <laughs> and I zipped it up all the way. And I'm hyperventilating, and it's so hot in there, and I'm choking on my own breath because it's so hot. God, please save me. Oh, God, please save me. You have to save me. She's going to hurt me. Please, please, please. And so I opened up the, um, the zipper when I felt a little safer so I could breathe, and I had my little lips sticking out of the zipper so I could get some pressure. Um, and that scared the bejeebas out of me. Um, there were other incidents in the house that happened to other people. Um, her, my friend's little brother got up on Christmas morning and was sitting at the top of the stairs. And mom came out of her bedroom. She goes, Tommy, you did not go down those stairs and go see the Christmas tree. And she's like, no, the lady told me not to. And she said, what lady? He said, the lady in the robe at the bottom of the stairs. So, <laughs> and then the other brother, the other brother got hurt and he was bleeding and they were in the kitchen and all the band-aids and things were upstairs in the bathroom. So my mom's friend, the mom, ran through the house to go get the band-aids, but they were all laid out on the stairs for her before she even got oh, wow. the stairs. Oh my goodness! So many stories out of that house. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good house. Yes. So anyway, that that woman scaring the bejeebas out of me when I was a kid and seeing her scared me to death. Um, I slept over there when I was in college. Um, my friend's parents had gone to New York, and she was all alone. She didn't want to be all alone. So she, she said, you can sleep in my parents' house, I mean, in my parents' bedroom. And so um, I kept waking up because the light kept turning on, and I had to turn off the light. And then I go back to sleep, and I wake up, and the light was on, and I have to turn it back on. Uh, she did um, not that's want annoying. To That's an annoying spirit. That's the one you don't want. <laughs> you, you know, the yeah, interesting yeah. thing is I've experienced so much in, in, in investigating, you know, of course, dealing with Maureen and her channeling and stuff alone is enough to scare the crap out of most people. But... Uh, you know, I've seen uh, full-body apparitions, you know, three times, I believe, solid ones that I could say was, was like a human almost, uh, two people and, and a dog. And, uh, you know, nothing ever really, like, astonished me that really much. The, the, the probably the, I think maybe the, the two most things that really made an impression on me was when I was at uh, Rose Island Lighthouse and we did... Uh, I had just been introduced to Table Tipping, and uh, Jeremy and uh, Dave, who was the uh, director at that time, had gone downstairs, and we were doing an investigation at that time, and we decided to do a little table tipping on a little candle tipping table, you know, a small three-legged table, and it was doing a bunch of things, and it was like, yeah, whatever. You know, on those small tables, I, you know, I believe they can be manipulated, so I, I don't get really, you know, that... Like, okay, whatever. But anyway, so <laughs> someone suggested, why don't we do do it upstairs? So I was staying at the keeper's house, and in the kitchen there was a uh, a huge oak table. Now, the table was 
probably four inches thick solid oak and it wasn't a leg table it was a pedestal table it had two huge pedestals on it it was a solid table and uh so i had uh myself and uh jeremy and uh, dave was there uh jim stonier uh clay rucker and one of the roadies that we had brought along i think lisa's nephew uh uh was with us and uh only ones that had done table tipping for was myself i had done it that, that would be twice before once in circles and once uh downstairs and uh jeremy and and dave who did it just that first time downstairs so we said well you know let's try it on this table now this was a huge table you got to realize that and we put our t- hands on the table and all of a sudden that table started getting loose it started feeling fluid and then it started moving a little bit and then the next thing you know over 45 minutes the thing was twisting and turning and going up and down and and everything and then finally at the very end uh, we said, well, can you, you know, can you make it just jump up real high? And, and that's exactly what it went up way up high and just drop and did nothing. And luckily, I, I got the thing on. We recorded the whole thing. So to me, that was because I, I still can't explain how that happened uh, at all. We, we I went uh, back to that same place and we went to that table and we attempted to do that on purpose. Otherwise, we try to move it on purpose and we had no luck whatsoever. So whatever happened that night, I have no explanation for at all. And that has always been, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most impressive things that I've ever experienced yeah. in, the, in the paranormal. Yeah. With something like, you know, in, in the physical world, that's the important thing to me. It's, you know, right. physicality. It's funny. I have things happen. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I am thinking, I'm thinking I don't have any stories. And all of a sudden, Bron starts talking and I start coming up with all these stories I just have forgotten <laughs> about. Share, know? share um, with us. I know you investigated the old band. And, you um, know, I was I just am. thinking about that just earlier, because uh, I, 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 I know that you were the first ones to get in there, and, and yeah. one of the reasons I got in was because of you. And so I was just yeah. thinking of that. So that's a funny that you mentioned that. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, well, I did. I saw my first human there, and mm-hmm. what I realized, I'm a contact wearer, you know, eye contact. Right. And so... I can't remember how I realized I needed to do this, but what I realized is that if I can stare for a while, it does something to my eyes, and maybe, Leslie, you understand it better than I do, but I can start to see. If there's something there, I can start to see it. And um, so we were there one afternoon, and we were just there with um, some volunteers, and we were in uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's um, study or his little parlor. Um, right. And it was considered the ladies' parlor because the one across from it was usually the minister's, like, meeting room and, and stuff like that. But Hawthorne liked that room because there was a sca- staircase, scare space, whatever there was a staircase <laughs> attached to it and he could sit in that room and look down the drive and if someone was coming up the drive he could run up the staircase and his wife did say that he was you know indisposed <laughs> and, and couldn't 
you know, because he didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, he just wanted to show by My himself, you know. So I remember the first time I went there, and um, we were walking into that room, and something just said to me, someone just ran up the stairs. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, a guy just ran up the stairs. And it's not that I saw it. I felt it and sensed it. And they said, oh, my God, that's what Nathaniel Hawthorne used to do. So I'm like, wow, you know. And <laughs> he is one of my favorite authors. So anyway, um, so we were there. Uh, in the afternoon and like a late afternoon type thing when uh, in the winter when you know what it's like up there in Massachusetts yep. when it gets late in the afternoon and it starts to go to dusk and stuff you know we didn't have any lights on in this front parlor and so I was sitting on the floor and we actually were looking at these like balls of light they were not orbs they were just mm-hmm. some kind of like moving balls of light that we were looking at, and so they were they were a physical inter- manifestation that you could actually yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, and somehow we knew it was a woman. Oh, we had a medium with us. That's why, and she said she was a it was a woman that was there, and so we're looking at the light, and we could all see it, and all in the same location, and just staring at it and looking at it. So. It wasn't doing anything other than just collecting over there. And I'm sitting on the floor, and all of a sudden, something to my left catches my eye. And I look, and it's a little boy, like 10 years old, something like that, give or take a year or two. And he's, like, crouched over looking at me, and he's got a little hat on and kind of like a little jacket and knee pants. And... He's looking at me, and I'm looking at him, and it's just kind of, you know, we're just checking each other out. And all of a sudden, he just comes running right at my face. And I like, I just went back, and I'm like, <gasps> and my friend sitting next to me says, I saw that. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> like, am I imagining this? Did this really just happen? But, you know, we investigated there a couple of times, and... You know, it was a very active place. I don't know if you observed the same thing, but oh, it, it was it very is, active. It is absolutely a, uh, one of the most interesting places that we've gone to. And, and one of the things I always talk about is is the, there's a little bookstore there. And when we did our yeah. event there, uh, we would have the people sit in the bookstore where we would address them and everything. And uh, they had the girl there, and she was talking about the old manson. And some of the paranormal stuff that was going on, including uh, books being found in the middle of the floor when they came in in the morning. And she left and I got up and I started to address the crowd. And uh, almost as as quickly as I got started, one of the books from the shelf went zipping by me right into the audience, right in front of 35 people. They all saw it. And they all, oh, in fact, I I ran into someone the other day who who still remembers it and we were talking about it. So, I mean, there was, once again, something that was extremely physical that we was witness, unfortunately. I didn't see it. I only saw the book go by me. I didn't see it come off the shelf, which would have been amazing. But, uh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's a cool place. Absolutely a cool place. Leslie, you were going to yeah. say something b- before we got going, yeah, did sorry, you? Yeah, sorry, Leslie. I totally forgot. <laughs> no <laughs> idea. So sorry. Gone. <laughs> you can't interrupt people of a certain age because they can't remember what it was. 
<laughs> you can't remember? <laughs> you can't remember? I don't know Leslie? what were we talking about before. I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, Ghost uh, experiences. I was talking about table tipping at the uh, yeah. Rose Island. That's where I was. But mm, nothing. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. Do, talking, you know, it may not come back. What, one of the, the most interesting things, and I don't know if you guys have experienced everything, is is the old, old hag syndrome or sleep paralysis. Paral, no. paral, paralysis. 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 Thank you very much. You yeah, there you go. Paralysis. Uh, whatever it is. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I was I was sleeping on the couch one night, and uh, I woke up, and and I, there was someone in the room with me, and I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. But I recognized immediately that it was sleep uh, paralysis or old hag synergy. Paralysis. And, yeah, whatever. Anyways, the uh, I, I, it's just like I wanted it to last because I was trying to understand it and everything. I thought it was such a unique experience. I mean, when I the next day, I mean, that day after the morning came in, I called Steve up and we talked about it. And he he's agreed the same thing because he has it once in a while it happens to him and he tries to prolong it as well but it's it's a a very unique experience and i understand now uh who people who uh you know use this as uh you know uh paranormal experiences yeah Yeah, it that that how it could very be misinterpreted that way because it 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 is so uh real it's so you know you could see the presence you could feel you couldn't move you couldn't talk it's a unique experience uh anyway i can't believe we ran out of time yeah you know what ron you're gonna have to have a show where we just come back and talk about the old man because i i mean just the old man itself i have so many more stories. Yeah, me too. And I, I know got, Ann does too. Yeah, that place is hopping. I mean, that was an awesome place. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we should sometimes. Uh, it's no longer open to investigating. Uh, my good friend here is gone. And uh, anyway, but anyways, uh, Elizabeth and Leslie, I want to thank you very much. Uh, Leslie, uh, of course, is the author of um, Medium Rare, which is still available on. Uh, Amazon, correct, Leslie? Yes, yes. It's, and she's um, awesome. <laughs> it's medium rare, first-hand account of experiencing the paranormal, um, because right. there's another medium rare out there, so it's not that one. It's okay. the one with the teddy bear on the side. It's the one the teddy bear. <laughs> one the teddy bear in the grave. <laughs> and and uh, she is she is also the, the proprietor of uh, Positively Brilliant, which is uh, Reiki-infused candles. Uh, check out her store. Where is that, Leslie? It's at Etsy.com, positively, sorry, can't speak, positively brilliant at Etsy.com. Um, Van Helsing Spray is? is available. And my website is uh, LeslieMartin.com, and it's L-E-S-L-E-Y-M-A-R-D-E-N.com. Okay, there you go. And uh, Elizabeth, you still doing your podcast? I am still doing the podcast. It's Brains Gone Bad, but I'm also the author of the tour book, The Bridgewater Triangle, A Thrill Ride Through the Sur- Supernatural that what? you can get what? on Amazon. I don't have a copy of that. Wait a minute. I got to get a copy um, of that. I, I gave you a copy of that. So no, you did. I don't know what you did with I did. When I published, I sent you a copy. Um, it must be in your and, library there. Yeah, it's going to be in your library. It's not very big, but I am working on a second edition of that because people 
Even though it says it's a tour book, and I'm pretty clear about it, people think that it has stories in it. So I have decided to add some stories. Um, okay, well, we're going to add the tunes because we have to go. So right. where can people find out quick more information about you, Elizabeth? Uh, Facebook, E.R. Russell Author. There you go. All right. We want to thank you guys both for uh, joining me tonight in this special edition of Paranormal Pillow Talk. And uh, tune in next week when Ann will be back. Good night and God bless everyone. Good night. Thanks. Good night. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.